Welcome to the Boys of Summer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gene Gums, joined by, as always, Paul Arnold, Eric Braun, as uh, we talk about my my favorite sport, their favorite sport, at least I think it is. If it's not, it's going to be today, uh, the game of baseball. And as we get ready to start the regular season, the thing that everybody is talking about right now is that there are fans. There are fans at spring training games. There are going to be fans at major league games at the start of the season, just about, I think every ballpark now with the exception of Toronto, I think every ballpark has been cleared to have fans at the start of the season. Guys, considering what we went through last year, this is probably, this is probably the greatest news since they lowered the mound or, or raised (laughs) the mound. And I mean, it really, seriously, it's probably the greatest thing that we've seen in a long, long time. No more. Are we going to have to listen to that? uh, The canned crowd noise. Well, the canned crowd noise was the worst. Uh, you know, and but I, I and I don't mean to pick on you, Eric. I know you live in the state of Texas, but we have to start there. Um, Texas is a different place, folks, and the governor has decided that the state is open for business, and so that left the owner of the Texas Rangers to decide that he wants to have a full house for opening day. But this is what's bizarre. He's going to have a full house on opening day, but only on opening day. After that, he's going to have socially distant sections in the other areas of the ballpark for games beyond opening day. So we're going to have a mass spreading event on day one. But after that, nah, don't worry about it. You can socially distance. Does that make any sense at all? Well, no. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I'm I'm in the Houston area. We, uh, you know, we're the, we're we're, we're uh, you know Astros fans here, and we're starting off at twenty percent and staying at twenty percent. You know, I hope by May it'll bump up a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it makes no sense. It's it's uh, it's crazy. Dallas does, and I, as any Houstonian is going to tell you, basically we consider Dallas like an annex of Oklahoma. So, you know, just, just, just throw them out They're They're, they're not even real, really Texas. Well, and you know, and they do have Jerry Jones in Dallas as well. So I guess exactly that, that, that probably explains a lot. Uh, Paul, let me ask you a question. How confident would you be going to a ball game this year? Well, I thought about it and I'm going to take a page of our uh, former president's playbook. You know, if you just in, in, Hail or ingest some of that sanitizer, it takes care of it. So you know if you've seen football players walk in those misters yeah. on the sidelines, they walk through and it's all misty, cold air. They're yeah. going to have a, at the ballpark in Dallas those misters, but it'll be sanitizer. So when you walk in, it will completely cover you, and you're good. No problem, right? That, that's all you need. Oh, okay, but are they going to have those in Detroit? When uh, if you're Because if you're going to go to a game, I guess your closest game would be the Tigers. So... Are you gonna Are you gonna go to Detroit? I will probably go to the Toledo <laughs> Mudhens game first, okay? Because there's less crowds and you can separate a little easier. But I will go to a Tigers game. Um, Tigers games used to be dangerous for other reasons when I was growing up. The old Tiger Stadium was in a rough part of town. I remember my dad parking in the neighborhood, and then there was a guy sitting on his lawn. And he paid him some money to watch the car. And I said, Dad, how do you know that guy is actually living there or will stay there? I don't, son. <laughs> and we went to the game anyway. So he t- he had a great breath of relief when he came back and saw that our 
1971 green Pontiac station wagon was still there. And you can see why it was still there now by my description. Uh, what about you, Eric? You gonna uh, you gonna go to a game this year? <laughs> yeah, I got my first shot yesterday. I'll have my second shot uh, on Easter Sunday, and I'm going to a ball game. Yeah, um, I guess it, it, it. You know what? It pays to get older. It does. <laughs> um, it, you know, is it weird that we're excited that we're getting the shots? I have both my vaccinations. Yeah, I've only gotten one, and you know, my wife, by the way, is not getting one. My wife said absolutely not. She she is uh, unfortunately. Uh, my wife is an anti-vaxer, um, and it, and it's simply because her her two sons had bad reactions to a couple of vaccines when they were kids. So because of that, she just doesn't. She said she'll never get it. So yeah. you know. So and and I felt like, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I felt when my turn came up, when I when I was of an age to to get it, I said I've got it to get it because if we're going to get to herd immunity in this country it's kind of everybody's civic duty in a way to get the shot if we're going to get past this oh i would have knocked over little old ladies to get my shots so, <laughs> um, it's it's a it's it, it was it was not a decision based on anything other than being able to uh you know do races around here and go see baseball games that's pretty much it uh here's the question if they're limiting attendance with the exception of Houston to 20% in most places, I know, and I don't even think it's that high. For instance, Washington has announced they're only going to allow 5,000 fans for them. It's less than 20%. It's around 15%. Um, I think, uh, I think New York, um, the Mets are, are going to be uh, 10%. Uh, so some places are going to be even smaller, but here's the question. Are teams going to jack up the ticket prices? to make up for the lack of fans. I would think so. How much are you willing to pay, huh? I would think so. The NFL certainly did. Well, well, here's here's a for instance. Uh, They did in spring training. Uh, I can tell you this. Uh, I had a friend who went down to Fort Myers. He went down there for three weeks, wanted to go to a Red Sox game while he was there. In order to go to a spring training Red Sox game, it was going to cost him almost $200 for a ticket. Mm. So... You know, but I don't the owners walk a very fine line here between opening up the doors and shooting themselves in the foot uh, PR wise if they jack them up too high. Yeah, if they go too high, people are going to be extremely upset. But uh, but I think, you know, as long as you're only allowing so many people in, I think people have a certain that people will give a certain amount of grace to the team's if they're trying to make a little extra bank off of the fans, but, uh, but yeah, it, there's a point at which they will lose their sense of humor about, uh, about how much these tickets cost. I think, uh, I think you are giving the average American way too much credit. <laughs> Maybe I am not sure that the average American is going to give these uh, billionaires much of a leash when it comes to that. Now I know they all lost money last year, but you know, for instance, at Fenway Park, the last time I was there, a box seat uh, down the right field line cost me seventy-five bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and I, yeah. you know, I was I was twenty rows up from the field. You know, down the right field line, I was not in a prime seat, and it cost me seventy-five bucks. I'm not sure how much leeway I'm willing to give John Henry when it comes 
to ticket prices just based on that. Now, I know other parts of the country. I'm sure Houston's cheaper than up in the Northeast. You know, Yankee Stadium's worse sure. than Fenway. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure Detroit's probably the same way, Paul. I, I would imagine the ticket prices are much more reasonable there. But still, with all the financial losses that many families have taken, I'm not sure how that's going to go over. Well, how much would you pay to go to a playoff game, Gene? I'm saying, let's say the Red Sox are make it to the playoffs again, and you get a chance to buy a ticket, and the ticket's 150 bucks. Do you buy I'd it? Pay. Yes, I would. Would you pay 200? The price is right, 200. Higher, maybe, maybe <laughs> I might pay two hundred, but that's probably about as high as I would go. And they, you know what? And for two hundred bucks, I better not be sitting in the bleachers. Okay, all right. But how about on top of the green monster? Would you pay two hundred bucks to sit up there? Oh, in a heartbeat, I'd I'd pay that in the regular season. You can't get those seats. You, how I'd, much do you think they are? Are they just season tickets? Uh, no, those aren't season tickets. Those are uh, all the. If I'm not mistaken, last I knew, all the money from the uh, green monster seats went to charity. Nice. I think it all goes to the Jimmy fund. Mm-hmm. And those tickets, I think regular season tickets are about 150 to $200 to get if, if you can get them. Nice. I, I would, oh, I'd lo- I would love yeah. to sit up. I've been up there, you know, when, uh, you know, when, before a game started, you know, when I was yeah. working at Fenway, I went up to, and just sat in the seat and said, oh, how, how much I would give to, to be able to sit out there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So yeah, no, I would pay more for, for that. But you know, if if it's in if it's June 8th and they're playing, you know, the Baltimore Orioles, I'm not paying $150 for a ticket. Mhm. Eric, how much would you pay to see your Kansas City Royals in the playoffs? In the playoffs? Yeah, oh, man. Um Come on, you're cheap. Come on. I'm pretty cheap. Cut yeah, loose I a little think, bit. I think uh, you know, I would I would certainly pay 150. I'd probably go 200. If, if we're talking, you know, games Five, six, or seven, I would go 200. Yeah. Guys, we're not getting any younger. I mean, how many more chances are we going to have to go to these things? Can you tell I work at a senior living place? <laughs> you look around <laughs> and you see people going around thinking, how many chances am I going to get? And I think that sometimes, like, my um, son and his wife are planning to go to Disney World, and they said, hey, do you want to go with us? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm not going to get this chance probably a ton, maybe once or twice, maybe three times in my life with my grandkids. I'm going to go to do that. I'm willing to spend some money. And, man, going to Disney hotels is not cheap. I mean, I thought, oh, no. boy, this is not, you know, Quality 6 or Red Roof or anything like that. This is, whoo, lots of money. But, um, yeah, I I would pay, if the Tigers were in the playoffs, I'd pay 200 bucks to go see it. That's That's I fantasy would, now. Come on. <laughs> I'm not playing fantasy baseball this year. No, no, no. Yeah, that's that's the thing is like, you know, I'm I'm doing the math and I, you know, the the Royals are having a pretty good spring here, so you know, I don't want to have this fall come around and when all you naysayers are, you know, giving me garbage about well you in spring hey, you hey, said hey, 200 hey. bucks you'd pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to want you know what? We're going to want to see the bank statement that shows you paid 200 bucks. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what we're going to want to see. Yeah. So, well, I you know, so I hope that it doesn't get outrageous because these owners in my mind and I'm obviously not a millionaire, they, these guys should be looking at it as 20% of, you know, from where we came from last year, you know, we've got to be very careful here because you know, let's hope, let's hope by the end of the summer that Dr. Anthony Fauci is right. And by the end of the summer, we might be able to see, you know, 75% capacity. That would be, that would be awesome. 
right? And he would pay two hundred dollars to see his Nationals in the playoffs. No question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I got to tell you that one of the happiest moments of this spring for me, watching the ball games, was the first time I heard fans start booing when a pitcher threw to first base. Yeah. I was like, yes. Uh, baseball is back. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing because last year with the can crowd noise and stuff, sometimes it was like weird. It was in they, they at inappropriate times it right. was cheering and, and, it, and it was just, it was just odd. And, and, and actually to hear some heckling. Yeah. I mean, I heard a guy heckling and watching a Red Sox <laughs> game and I said, Oh God, I can't believe how much I've missed that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I know it made me so well, happy. And, but even the players are saying the same thing, you know, and this is why, you know, everybody talks about some guys. Well, he had an awful 2020. You got to throw last year out because of the strange 60 game season ramping up real fast. And the fact that they were essentially playing in a mausoleum. Right. You know, I mean, and there are a lot of players that get jazzed because of the fans, both positive and negative. It, it's they feed off of that. So I think, you know, uh, you take last year and, and, you know, you just just wipe it right off the map because I really don't think it was. I mean, obviously, the Los Angeles Dodgers will tell you it was valid because they won the sure. World Series. But right. but, you know, I don't think last year was a valid season, if that makes any sense. Uh, Gene, I'm going to poke the bear here a little bit. Oh, boy. Do you think baseball players are a little too sensitive and temperamental. I mean, it seems like it takes very little from a baseball player to have a great season to a horrible season. Is the baseball sport just that much harder than other sports or are baseball yes. players coddled versus like NHL and NFL players? No, I, I think baseball is that hard. I really do. I think baseball is that hard. And, and, and look, the real great players, there isn't that big a swing normally and we saw guys that are normally great hitters tank last year you know and just never able to get it going because over the course of 162 you can have 30 games where you stink but then you get it together and by the end of the season your numbers have worked out and so i think part of with baseball it's that you need that 162 because there's baseball is so hard and you're going to have times when you're in a slump uh, you know, it's, it's more of an individual sport than any other f- professional game. You know, it's pitcher versus batter most of the time. You know, when you're playing hockey, you've got other guys on the ice. When you're playing basketball, you've got four other teammates that are involved in every scoring play. In baseball, it's not that way. It's more individual. So I think the 162 is more important. Mm. Yeah, Eric, what, what? do you think baseball players are too sensitive? No, I think baseball is just such a different game. Um, you know, with the <clears throat> with hockey and football and basketball, it's so much about momentum and the you know it's it's there's not as much time to think, right? And I think mm-hmm. when you have the crowd there, it's just a really important piece of the puzzle for a lot of these for a lot of these players. I mean, sure. For some, it probably makes no difference. They don't notice it at all. But I think, I mean, if you're a pitcher out there on the mound and it's just silence when you're Mm. used to a buzzing crowd and I I just think it's a totally different experience. It's not that I think that they're, uh, I mean, sure. They're all, I mean, they're professional athletes. They're all coddled to a certain degree, but I, I do think it's just, Baseball allows you to be more inside your head than any other game besides golf. 
If you All right, we're weigh in on this finally. So I think you you guys are both right. It's you know in other sports it's the speed of the game. They say all the time a quarterback coming out of college to football he's not used to the speed of the NFL or NHL or thing NBA. But with baseball, it's not about speed. That's the thing we love about it, right? It is right. no time that's done. But it's more all in your mind. I think only other sport I can think of that it's such a mental sport is golf. But golf is not a team sport. But it's the right. same deal. You've got to get your head right and then your body to do it just the right way. And then you've got to try to repeat it. And that can just mess you up so badly. Well, I'm glad to hear you say. I thought you were baiting us for a second. I I was waiting for oh, you. Did I do that? Us. Come on, he was Gene. No. baiting us. Yeah, I thought he was. I I was waiting for him to come out and say that you know. Oh no, they're all coddled, and he finds out <laughs> things the same way we do. Well, that's good. All right. Well, let's move on to the next thing. And you mentioned that baseball is a different game. Well, Major League Baseball is trying to make it even more different. And uh, let's let's start out with some of these rules they had in spring training. Um, this is the one that rankled me the most where you can say no moss in the middle of yes. an inning. If your yes. pitcher has thrown, you know, 20 pitches or you've allowed a certain number of runs or something, the, the manager could just put up his hand and say, okay, we've had enough innings over. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that made me so crazy. The, the opening day with the Royals, they, in like it, two innings, the Royals loaded the bases with like two outs and and the, the other manager was like, yeah, it's over. I was like, are you kidding me? Still, the Royals still won. But I was like, well, that's the dumbest rule. I mean, I, I know they were not playing to win, but that made me absolutely nuts. Well, and, and the excuse that they use is, well, because of COVID, we're doing this. Because we yeah, want right. to well, protect people. Hang on a second. And if we're going to be, if we have a regular spring training and we have our, we have all these minor league players in camp. What's what's different than any other year? This 2021 spring training was no different than the start of 2020s prior to them shutting it down or 2019s. You had the same number of players. So I don't I don't get what where the rationale was for this one. That it just made no sense. It's just I mean, why bother having games? You know, at that's I call point. this, yeah, the EA Sports rules. You know, like <laughs> you take a video games and you start doing these rules. Like when I played with my son when he's little, sometimes I would, you know, bend the rules a little bit or lose in purpose. And Gene, I like that you used the word rankle. I haven't heard rankle in a long time. And um, I think our commissioner Manfred is Manfred. I think he's fretting too much about, oh, the poor players. So I will say that they're going overboard on this rule and then the triple a rules that they're in well hang on before before we get to those hang on i got okay i got got one more how about this one so now we're in spring training we're trying to get guys ready for the regular season but you know what folks how about today we're only going to play five innings or maybe we'll play seven innings or maybe we'll play six and a half or if we do play seven even if the home team's ahead you can still bat in the bottom of the seventh what are they doing i mean it's to me it was kind of making a joke of the whole thing. Do you remember when Boston manager Korea for the first go around decided to rest his starters during spring training? Do you remember that? I don't. No. Wasn't it two years ago that some of his starters, he decided not to play so much in spring training to oh, give the them pitch, extra yeah, rest? Yeah, Alex, yeah, Alex Cora said he wasn't going to pitch his regular. His, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. how did oh, that yeah. turn oh, out? Yeah. That didn't Went turn well. out well at all. 
Yeah, it went really well. Yeah, they. Uh, so I'm saying I agree with you, Gene. Gene, I agree with you. They need to play as many innings as they can. Oh. Game experience, Gene. I agree with you. I'm I really do. Down. Okay. Right, <laughs> you know, so one more, one more dumb spring training rule, and I'm I'm less irritated about this one, but it's it still is is kind of dumb. Is that they've gotten rid of at least for pitchers, the once you're out of a game, you can't come back. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, now you now you can, can pitch, get into a jam, and you can't see way out. So they'll pull you. And the Mets did this against the Royals the other day. They they pulled the pitcher, and then in in the first when the Royals hung five on this guy, and then brought him back in in this in this to start the second after yeah. they brought in like a reliever for the first. Like what? I mean, what are you what are you training people for? I mean, what what is the point of spring training if yeah, is the mental game not part of it? And that's and that's that's a, that's a softball rule, right? Which is, by the way, that 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 dumb rule they started last year during the regular season, where you start extra innings with a runner on second base. That started in in uh, fast pitch softball, in high oh, school, really? college softball. That's where it started. Okay. Yeah, and now so you know this is and, and this is and now we're going to go into the minor league things that you brought up, Paul. So this is where I worry that Rob Manfred is, is losing his way here. I mean, not that I ever thought he was a great commissioner to begin with, but he, he's running the risk of making a mockery out of this game. Now let's take a look at what they want to do uh, in the minor leagues. The first one is, and I don't have a problem with this, they're going to use the robot umpires in low A Southwest, or Southeast League games. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's the way of the future, whether we like it or not. They're using it in other sports. So I'm okay with that one. What about you guys? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Let's see, let's see how it goes. Um, I'm, I'm generally against replay and, uh, and robotic umpires just because I, I, just, I just don't like it. I, I think yeah. it makes officiating worse overall. Yep. But uh, I have no stats to back that up. And so whatever, let's see. it. You're right. It's probably just the way it's going to be. I don't like it for a couple of reasons. One is that the, baseball has a lot of moving parts. It's not like tennis where it's all static. Or even football where it's you got one line. you got a catcher involved. you got a batter. you got the baseball going around. Plus, if it's all computerized, the Russians are going to hack it, and they're going <laughs> to mess up our baseball. First the election, and then baseball. Uh, if not them, the Chinese, right? They're you know, te- so. tearing, at, tearing at the fabric of the United States. <laughs> yes, we have to protect baseball of all things. Well, you know, and here's the thing. I mean, the, the, the one part of it, and I will agree with you on this, Paul, in that – the human element of the game has always been a big part of the game. And, and kind of the same thing with you, Eric, as far as replay goes. You know, whether a guy's safe or out or whether the ball was fair or foul, that's always been part of the human element, which is kind of the part of the fabric of the game and part of uh, the thing that you, we can talk about it forever. Right. You know, and so, so we'll lose part of that. That's for sure. Yeah. We need and, some drama. And so as a, as a Royals fan who's married to a Cardinals fan, <laughs> I have to mention that I'm probably biased against uh, robotic empires because of the Don Dinkinger in- incident, and I just want to leave that out there and admit, <laughs> admit to my uh, short-sightedness on, in, in that aspect of the game. But that's fair. <laughs> it's, just, I mean, she's just, not wrong. It's, it's justified. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other part, thing they want to change, and this is uh, in regards to the shift. 
Now, the players will still be allowed to shift. They're going to do this at double A. But the infielders have to keep both feet on the infield dirt. So you won't have anybody playing short right field anymore. So you can still shift, but you have to keep your feet on the dirt. How do you feel about that one? So I am okay. And sorry, Paul, I'm just jumping in here. Um, I am okay with the spirit of this rule because I find the shift kind of annoying, but I think the actual uh, mechanics of the rule are still a little off, but I, I appreciate that they're trying. Yeah, I was initially really irritated by the shift when I see it so many times. And then I started thinking about the history of the game and um, think how many times uh, Ted Williams had to face the shift. I mean, if you're a good all-round player, you find ways to hit it the other way. I, I, I guess I'm not against it as much as I used to be. Um, so we'll see. I'll see. Well, yeah, double A seems like a safe place to try it out. Well, they're also not banning the shift. They're still saying you can move that extra infielder over to the right side of the infield, but he has to be on the dirt. So he had yeah, no softball outfielder. Right. We see a lot of that. I just watched a, a spring training game yesterday, a Yankee, the Yankee Philly game. And I, and I can't remember who it was, but one of the left fielders hit an absolute seed that would have been a base hit, but except that there was a guy in short right field and he took it on one hop and threw him out. So he won't be able to do that anymore. Um, so I guess I guess that's good. I mean, the other part of it is, is they're talking about if this doesn't work, they might ban the shift entirely. So, uh, you know, mm. and, and I so they haven't done that yet. But so we'll see um, the next part. And this is this is one is interesting. They are going to increase the size of the bases. Currently, the bases are 15 inches by 15 inches. They're going to increase it by three inches. So they're going to be 18 by 18. So you're essentially, instead of 90 feet between bases now, it's going to be, uh, what, 89 feet and six <laughs> inches. But think about how many times we have bang-bang plays at second base. If, if you now have to run six inches shorter, how many of those base attempts are going to be safe that would have been out otherwise? Such an interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Go, Go ahead, ahead Paul. <laughs> We're too nice to each other. You, Go you, ahead, yeah, Eric. No. Okay. Um, so I hadn't actually thought about um, that it would be six inches closer because that is, I mean, you're right. I mean, that is sort of the, uh, I mean, the math of the game is sort of amazing, right? That there are so many plays that are, um, are that close. Um, I hadn't even thought about that. That's, that's interesting. Um, I'm okay with it being a, a bigger base to um, uh, to avoid injuries, which I think is the whole point of that's, this thing. That's right? the idea. Yes. Right. Um, so so I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. Maybe they just need to make it, um, you know, uh, shift the base like a little outside of the baselines, effectively. Right. So maybe it's three inches outside the baseline kind of so like they move it, so almost like they move it they'd have to move it back towards the outfield a little bit like three inches or something to make up right. for it yeah right basically basically the center of the base stays in the same place it just yeah. expands out in each direction they're um, not doing that yeah yeah that would that would maybe be a better idea um i don't know it's gonna be it uh, you know again i think it's a fine uh thing to do minor leagues because yeah i uh the injuries these players make you know uh, well, a ton of money and 
not that anybody else's health was ever, you know, less worthy, but I mean, they're, these people are, they're, they're a small industry, basically each individual athlete. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I got to believe this had to come from the union, the players union, because I don't remember ever discussing this before. And the player safety is huge, right? I think that's very important. But, you know, like Eric, I wasn't thinking like how many plays are going to be safe now because the guy gets there sooner. But I like the idea that the guy can wrap around maybe a little better. You know how they miss the tag and try to wrap around with their hand. You know, is the couple more inches going to make a difference? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. They tried this experimental rule. I think it was last year in the Atlantic League and Independent League. Stolen base attempts went up 70%. So if you like the stolen base... We're, uh, you know, if this ever gets to the major leagues, I mean, you will be going back to the days of, you know, Vince Coleman and, and uh, guys like that, that, you know, with the St. Louis Cardinals that used to run all Willie, you know, Willie Wilson and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Steal, I mean, steal at yeah. will. I mean, it, and, and, you know, maybe that brings that part of the game back. Maybe yeah, no, it's, I'm, maybe, I'm maybe okay it's good, you know, because the analytics nerds now will tell you that the stolen base is not a good percentage play. So. We'll see. All right. Here's the dumb rule. You ready this for this one? Dumb one? Yes. <laughs> this is the ultimate dumb rule. They are going in. Uh, this is going to be in uh, the lower levels of class A ball. Pitchers will not be allowed to step off or throw to first more than twice when there's a runner on first base. So if you, you can do it a third time, but he better be out. If you don't pick the guy off, it's a balk. So if you've got a fast base runner on first base and you throw over there twice, he now knows you can't throw over there again. Right. What kind of lead is that? So now, so now, you know, just think about if they kept that rule in and you had bigger bases, I'd be, it'd be crazy. I mean, I just think this is, I don't, I don't get this one at all. I think it's idiotic. I mean, that's part of the, that again, fabric of baseball, how the, the, the cat and mouse game between the pitcher and the base runner trying to keep him close. I mean, that's just taking away, that's almost completely taking away a part of the game. Yeah, that makes, um, it, it takes away the surprise, right? The whole point of that move is, is the surprise. Right. So that, yeah, that makes no sense to me. I'd rather have them focus on the hitters that are adjusting everything under the sun before, between each pitch. That just drives yeah, me crazy. Yeah. I tell you what, if you if you want to ban batting gloves, I yeah. am a hundred percent behind that, or at least ban the Velcro. Yeah, so they don't have to adjust them every time. Right. Every oh time. my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. well, now we get to that. There's going to be a pitch clock, and get this one. In, it's again in lower level of, of Class A ball. The pitch clock. You know, they've been talking about a twenty second pitch clock. It's going to be a fifteen second pitch clock. So it is going to be 15 seconds. You're going to get the ball and you have to be in the windup within 15 seconds or it's a ball. What about the batter? Does he have to be ready for it? Well, yes, because if he's not, the pitcher can throw it anyway. And if it's right down the middle and the batter's not ready, it's a strike. Yeah, absolutely. So it's okay. 50. So that's going to be 15 seconds between pitches. And this is an effort try to keep the time of game down and and fans have been complaining that there's too much dead time kind of like what you guys are talking about you know we have to adjust every piece of uniform that we have between pitches and you know uh, the pitchers have to touch you know 17 places on their cap before they can throw a, a pitch 
Yeah, give me the cents. old days when they just adjust their cup. I mean, that was all they really needed to do. That's <laughs> true. Well, you know, but but you know, if you watch an old uh, watch an old baseball game, watch a game from you know not even that old. Watch a game from the early '80s and watch how fast those games were played. And watch right. how fast those pitchers through. It didn't affect the game at all. But we have be. I think this is part of. Maybe this goes back to your coddling thing, Paul. Where players. Yeah, sports, man. Yeah, where players have become such. I don't want to use the. Maybe prima donna is not the right word, but they have become so uh, deliberate with everything that they do, both pitcher and batter, that now it's, you know, you could read a chapter of War and Peace, you know, during an at bat. Yeah, that makes me crazy. Well, how, well, how about this? Just as an aside before we move on, did you see the at bat, the spring training at bat this weekend? John Hicks, yes. the guy that throws 102 miles an hour for the St. Louis Cardinals, was on. He uh, he worked a 22 pitch walk, <laughs> and the best part about this was he was down in the count, no balls and two strikes, wow. and then and then. 20 more pitches. He fouled off like 16 pitches at one point, nine of them in a row. It was so bad that Mike Schilt, the manager of the Cardinals, had to go out and take Hicks out of the game because he had thrown 22 pitches to one guy and it exceeded <laughs> his limit. So the umpires had to waive the three batter rule to get him out of the game. Wow. 22. I'm trying to think over the history of baseball that I've known and watched, who's the best at hanging in and making those long at bats, like falling off everything. Wade Boggs. Was... Yeah, Boggs. Yeah, I was Wade, trying to think who that was. was yeah. Wade Boggs was ridiculous. Yeah, he was. If he, you got two strikes on him, and that's, you know, and unfortunately, it's what a lot of guys don't do now. I laughed at this yesterday. Uh, I was watching the Mets game. Keith Hernandez, who was a great hitter, um, was Just doing the men. color. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's known for now, but he, yeah. he was doing the color. And a guy goes 0-2, and, and, and Keith Hernandez says, well, this is where you have to change your stance, and you go into the emergency stance because you're down, no balls and two strikes. Next pitch, a guy just swung at one right down the middle, strike three. And he said, well, I guess they don't do that anymore. But, yeah, but it's true. You know, it is true. So, all right, so we agree that most of these rules are good in spirit except for the, uh, except for the pickoff one. Yeah, that's just – I mean, it's so cr- – I mean, there will be – so many stolen bases this year. And, <laughs> and as a guy whose team, you know, is counting on speed to help them this year, it's still crazy, right? I mean, you can't just let runners run with abandon. I mean, it's yeah, it was crazy. Well, it's going to be in the minors, so it won't be in the major leagues yet. But and, and, and I guess we'll see where it goes. And that's basically what they're – and this is all going to be part of what's going to be played into the next – uh, collective bargaining agreement talks, which obviously will begin after this season. So enjoy it while we can, because I'll be shocked if we don't have a strike at the start of next year. Uh, all right. It's St. Patrick's Day. And, <laughs> and, and, and Paul has uh, been doing uh, hours and hours of research, yes. and, and he has come up with the All-Irish Baseball Team, and I am fascinated to hear this. Yeah, Go, yeah. I just surprised us. Gene before we came on the air that I had this for him. And as the producer of this podcast, I pulled my weight and got it on our. Uh, which, by agenda. the way, which by the way, with me on the other side of the seesaw, that takes some pulling. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be confused as lightweights, either one of us. So. Um, but my mom has been telling me over the last two years that we're part Irish. 
Now, I've spent most of my life on Earth thinking we were Scottish and English and German, so this is news to me, but considering her current uh, uh, grip on reality, I'm not sure I'm really Irish anyways, <laughs> but, but I'm going along with it, you know what I'm saying? So, just in case you didn't know, and I didn't know until today, there's an Irish-American Baseball Hall of Fame at Foley's New York Pub at 18th West 33rd Street in New York. I've never been there, but maybe you have... And so I'm going to go through a lineup and tell these guys, and maybe they could guess or even pick who are the all Irish American baseball do, players. Do they all start like with an O apostrophe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. But the first one's sort of tricky. It's the manager. This manager's real name was Cornelius McGillicuddy, but he went by another name. A Connie famous Mack. O- yes. Oh, wow. wow. Good job. Wow. I was going to go John Not- McGraw, but. Yeah, he was made it to the Hall of Fame. It's sort of interesting. Casey Stengel made it too, but Connie Mack is a good old Irishman. Uh, for catcher, think of you know McDonald's, Mick this, Mick that. Who do you think was a catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals that was the all-time Irish catcher? Tim McCarver. That is right. Tim McCarver is the and. Actually, most Irish players on the Baseball Hall of Fame are first basemen. They have Mike Sweeney. They have Sean Casey. Hey, Mike Sweeney. Yeah, I knew you'd like those Royals. They have Steve Garvey. But I have chosen Mark McGuire as the best first baseman Irish player. No. Um, you don't know about that? No. Huh? No. Would you pick Steve Garvey over him? I would, absolutely. Steve Garvey okay. did it clean. Yeah, yeah, you got to go with Steve Garvey. I don't know. He did a lot of Botox on his face all those years. Keep looking so young. <laughs> that doesn't help your baseball career. That helps he, your shaving. Well, you said clean. He was in Hollywood. Yeah. Clean shaven. <laughs> clean shaven. Oh, man. Um, and so infield's a little curious with their all-Irish uh, team. They have Super Joe McGuin at second base. Shortstop, the old shortstop would have been Wee Willie Keeler, but yeah. what? they claim Derek Jeter – as because his mom is Irish, Dorothy Connor. No, there's one and I so, would have never guessed. Yeah, I yeah, know. That's, they claim Derek Jeter is half Irish, so that's good enough for them. Okay. It's, remember, this is New York. That's a good point. They have Rusty Staub at third base. Oh. The Grand Orange. Good old Rusty Staub. And then um, pitchers is really interesting. There's four pitchers that I think are five that could all be starters. You have David Cohn, Al Leiter, Tug McGraw, which is more of a reliever, Whitey Ford, but I think the number one Irish-American pitcher is one of Eric's favorite of all time, Nolan Ryan. Oh, yeah. Think? There you yeah, go. absolutely. love Nolan Ryan. I didn't know he was Irish. Well, there you go. I th- I th- it seems to me that maybe they took the uh, uh, the idea of Irish pretty far. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> they were well, very, on very St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, everybody's Irish. Right, yeah. Um, for the outfield, you have Mike King Kelly, which is an old-time player. Yeah, 1800. You have Paul O'Neill, who played for the Yankees, and Eric Burns, who played for the A's. Eric Burns, yeah. He, he played for the he played for the White Sox, the Red Sox. He played for he played for about six or seven teams, I think. And he's he around, so he's uh, yeah, yeah. great man. Look. So there we go, Gene. We have time for predictions. Yes. Well, because our next show will be after opening day, and I didn't want somebody saying, well, you know, these guys are off to a great start, so they're going to win the division. We're going <laughs> to hold your feet to the fire now. So we're going to go division by division, and you're going to give me the winners. All right? You ready? Oh, 
Wow, I just went for the World Series. No, and no, World no, Series. no, I'm no, lame. No, okay, no. I can you do it. Lame. I can do it. All right, American League East. On the Yankees. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Rays from last year. I think I think they've they can do it. I'm writing these down, by the way. I'm taking the Yankees. All right, the American League Central, Eric. Let's start with you. <laughs> so I'm going with the Twins. But the Royals making a strong run. Okay. They, they they'll be above 500 this year. You, matter of fact, you guys are both uh, you guys are both AL Central fans. What are you? Are you true, picking man. the Are you picking the Tigers, Paul? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> White Sox. I am going with the White Sox as well. The White Sox could definitely do it. I I just uh, sentimental. I like the. It, I think it's all going to depend on whether. I think it's all going to depend on whether Tony La Russa stays sober or not. <laughs> American League West. This one, I this is going to be fascinating this year because obviously Houston has lost a lot. They have. Um, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to pick the Athletics. I still think the Astros can make a run, but I, I'm I'm going with the A's. They had such a good year that last year. Yeah, I got to go with the A's. I am going outside the box. I am picking the Los Angeles Angels. Wow, really? Okay. Wow, th- Mike Trout finally I tastes think, the postseason. I think, I think they have they have made some interesting additions. I think that uh, I think Mike Trout's going to have a monster year, and I am going to pick the Angels just to be different. I like it. Just, I appreciate it. You are already different, Gene. Though <laughs> that's what they tell me. I, my mama always told me I was special. <laughs> All right, and National League East, perhaps the most competitive division in baseball. Yeah, them are uh, are the Central. Um, that's a tough one. Um, the Marlins, to me, are just so unknown. I have no idea what they're going to do. The Phillies could make a run. I think I'm going to stick with the Braves, though. Just they just have a lot of talent on that team, so I'm I'm, I'm going to stay with. The Braves from last year. You're, you're doing the same thing. Totally politically incorrect, but yeah. I'm going with the Braves too. Right. I am picking the New York Mets. Ooh. The Mets? Wow. Yep. Okay. The Mets. Are you kidding? I think they're loaded. I absolutely think they're, they're loaded. They're loaded, but they, they, they keep blowing it. Well, yeah. Well, yes, there is that. Brutal, Eric. I'm going with I'm going with the Mets. All right, NL Central. This Yeesh. is a tough one. This is a tough one. I think the Cardinals have made some pretty good moves, so I'm actually going to pick the Cardinals this year, and it's not just to suck up to my wife. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Brewers. Why not? So am I. Okay. I'm taking the Brewers as well. I got a Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to make the difference for the Brewers. And the fact that they don't have Ryan Braun this year. <laughs> uh, all right. And then finally, the National League West, which is essentially a two-team race. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is. All right, I'm going to actually going to pick the Padres. Um, I, you know, I think they have, again, so much talent. Um, and I fully expect the Dodgers to come out overconfident and dodger it up this year and uh, allow the Padres to, to take it. Although the Dodgers will be the uh, uh, the wild card for sure. Did you say dodger it up? Is that sort of like meditating? That's my up? new thing. I just made that up on the fly. Wow. I'm yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Um, I'm going with the Dodgers. I don't think they'll dodger it up. I think they'll be okay. 
and I am going with the San Diego Padres. Ooh. All right. So who comes out of the American League? Oof. Um. All right, I'll go if you're still thinking. All right, I'm go. saying that the Yankees are going to come out of the American League. Okay, so Paul says the Yankees. And I'm going to go. I know you love race. that, Gene. What'd you say? What do you got, Eric? I got the Rays. Whoa, really? Yeah. Right. Well, we've got three different ones. I'm going with the White Sox. I like the White Sox a lot. That, that young team is really, really good. All right. Mm-hmm. NL champ. Dodgers. Padres. Mm, I haven't decided yet. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Dodgers, I think. So well, Eric, so you're picking the Padres. Padres. Well, because I think. West, and then the Dodgers in the playoffs. Nice. Yeah, because I, I just, I think that over 162, I think the Dodgers, I think the Padres can beat them. But in a short series, I, I like, I like the veteran presence that the Dodgers are going to have. And I think that's going to make the difference in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Trevor Bauer, right. baby. Uh, Trevor Bauer, what a jerk. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry we didn't. I had a whole rant about Trevor He goes Bauer. with Justin Turner. They match up with the Dodgers. Well, save Trevor Bauer for the next show because uh, we're, he is uh, he's one of those guys you either love him or you hate him. And uh, we're going to see him really early in the season. So we'll plan our next one of these right after opening day, maybe the week after opening day. You will have had a chance to see Trevor Bauer, and you can, uh, you can, you can let it loose. Perfect. All right. We got, uh, we got 30 seconds. What do you got for me, Paul? Um, I think it's great that baseball is almost here. You talked about people we either love or hate. It reminds me of Billy Martin. That's an old name that came from the past. Uh, just – he just made you feel alive for baseball. And I like seeing more characters in baseball. I like characters on podcasts. That's why these guys are with me today. (laughs) What about you, Eric? Uh, You know, I mean, I, I would be remiss in uh, a 30 second uh, finale here to not mention that your Kansas city Royals are the uh, top team in the uh, uh, grapefruit league. In, or I'm sorry, the Cactus League, and are uh, just having uh, an incredible spring. And Bob Buitt Jr. is uh, – it's going to be, to me, the most interesting thing about the Royals is to whether they, they start the year with, with, with Bobby Wood Jr. or they wait until after the, uh, uh, the timeline for getting that extra year of service out of him. He's playing so well that I think that they may end up starting the year with him, which is a classic Royals mistake. You know, and well, as my parting shot, I'm not going to talk about the Red Sox because I just there's too many question marks. I don't know what to think about this Red Sox team. But, Paul, you just made me think about guys that you uh, polarizing guys, guys that you kind of love to hate. Mm -hmm. Uh, My guy, Pete Rose. Pete Rose was one of those guys my entire every time you watched him play, you wanted to punch him right in the mouth. (laughs) Right. But he's also what? But he's also one of those guys that you really wished was on your team because of the yeah. way he played the game. But boy, did I hate that guy. <laughs> Agreed on both points. All right. Well, that does it for another edition of Boys of Summer. I'm Gene Gums. He's Eric Braun. He's Paul Arnold. I'm, I'm pointing to both of them. Nobody can see anything. But I'm glad you guys were here. We will be back in a couple of weeks with another edition of the show. We thank you very much for listening and have a great day. <laughs>